But then the market crash, that was another pain point. Another pain point I said, okay, is this gonna be the end or is it gonna be the beginning? And I remember talking to my wife saying, I can't pay for the mortgage, you know, we're broke. I was ready to get divorced, but she, in her ultimate wisdom said, I know who you are. It's not gonna be forever. Like you're gonna figure this out. And within six months, I figured out how to be profitable again. And we came back, we, we, we got back on track. Welcome to Mindset Performance, where we take a look at the thinking patterns of successful entrepreneurs so we can learn why it's true that the less you work, the more you make. If you're an entrepreneur and you feel life is calling you to step up to something bigger, this podcast is for you. This is your host, Jared Hanning, and in today's episode, I bring you the amazing Raul Velasquez, seven-figure earner, multi-times over, and seven-figure maker, raising up students that go on to do great things in the world. Uh, Raul runs the, the Edge, Get the Edge, the next level experience. This is an intensive for men. Uh, he charges $250,000 for one-on-one coaching. Uh, in this episode, I think you'll see why it is one of my favorite interviews as you listen to his passion. I do apologize for the quality of the audio. Um, it does get a little staticky at times. This is before I learned about Squadcast. Uh, so if you can bear with me on some of the audio issues, I think you will very much enjoy and maybe even resonate with his energy. Uh, we talk a little bit about what life was like in the United States as an immigrant, uh, just the challenges being bullying, bullied at school. But then he goes on to describe the lesson he got from that and owning his identity and the benefits from owning that identity and how it helped him to stand out and how that was a good thing. Um, in his work, he talks about building your kingdom being an inside job. There is no one code that unlocks it for every man. You have to find your own code. Uh, and part of that path involves integrating the good side of you with the bad side. And that journey is about answering the question, who am I becoming? Now, while he does charge $250,000 for one-on-one coaching now, he didn't always charge that. We talk about how he got started, how he created this men's movement from nothing, how he scaled it to a million dollars in the first year. And it's pretty neat how he did it, how he built from nothing, um, many times on faith, many times on belief. He talks about the importance of that a lot, believing in yourself, believing in your product, believing that people need it. Because if you don't believe, then you're just going to come off as pushy. You're going to come off as selling he tells a pretty funny story about how he learned English and why he has so much foul language and cursing. <laughs> he says he learned English by listening to gangster rap, Ice-T, Ice Cube, NWA, and he, that's what he credits towards his, uh, his cursing today. Um, he's had some horrific health crises, both personally and uh, with his wife. Then he talks about that pain being an expansion point, a feedback point. And this question that he asks on, why is this the best thing that could happen to me? What do I need to focus on? He talks about how owning that pain opens up incredible opportunities for you. His quest, though, is to constantly raise his own vibration and energy, his fitness, his power to produce. I think you will very much enjoy this interview and now I bring you Raul Velasquez. I believe your origin story is beautiful. 
um, moving here from Ecuador, um, how that shaped your thinking, um, how that planted the seeds for the mind that you have today. Um, would you be comfortable sharing yeah, some of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what was, what, what happened? I mean, when you came here and you're 11 and you have this mess with your family and then you're having to deal with immigrant, oh, then kids at school, ah, what was going on in your mind? So it's, it's, it's interesting because now we are looking back at uh, when we came here to this country and we came here, we had a two bedroom townhouse and we had like five families living in, in that house. Oh <laughs> and, and this and this past month we've been quarantined and, and every one of my family members have their own house and, you know, they're, they're doing good. And we think back, it's like if we would have had coronavirus back then, we probably would have killed each other because there were so many people in the house, right? But at the same time, it's beautiful because we yearn to have that family. Like one of the things that my mom is, is constantly you know, reinforcing us is the family values. Like we're very family oriented. One of my favorite movies is The Croods. I don't know if you ever watched The Croods. Yes, yes. Uh, and then my, <laughs> my kids and us, we like The Croods. Like we, you know, we watch TV and we huddle with each other. We hug each other. We very, we love to be together. We love to be connected. So that's what happened. Coming to this country, my my aunt came here first. Then my mother came with my father, and then all of a sudden, like the whole family migrated to the United States, and and it was a tough transition at the beginning, especially because we moved to Connecticut, and I was one out of five um, Spanish-speaking kids in the school, and we went to a, what we call the ESL class, and the ESL class there was only like two girls in the ESL class. So it was not knowing how to speak English was messing up my social status. <laughs> if I wanted to meet more girls, I needed to, <laughs> to know how to speak English. So I, I made a commitment at that moment to learn English in one year. So I'm still learning English, actually, oh, but I've been wow. here for, for 30 plus years. <laughs> but the following year, I went to the regular, a regular class. And I remember I created in my mind a, a character, Raul from the Bronx, because I have family from the Bronx and I'm, I'm here in Connecticut. And every weekend we used to go to the Bronx and, you know, my family used to live there. And, and I just created this character, Raul from the Bronx, because I wanted to be the cool guy. So the first day I go in there and they asked me where I'm from, where I was from. And I said, I'm Raul from the Bronx. I was like, oh, this new kid, Raul from the Bronx. And, you know, everybody wanted to talk to me. They wanted to ask me questions. They wanted to be around me. So for like the first couple of days, I was like the cool kid, Raul from the Bronx. But then as we were going through the, to, to lunch, uh, I saw the, the ESL class lined up. And when I saw my teacher from the previous years, I just turned around embarrassed because I didn't want her to see me. And then she went out of her way to pull me out of the line and to look at me. And she just gave me a whole rant saying, Raul, you were here last year with us. Don't ever be embarrassed of where you're from. Like this. So she like ripped me a new one in front of everyone. So that was no more Raul from the Bronx. From that day forward, I had to own who I was. But at an early age, I just had to uh, face face my, my culture, face my, what was. And, and as a kid, you know, growing up, like we want to fit in. The biggest thing is fitting in, fitting in with the, with the crowd, fitting in as, as an American, fitting in. And I think that as we grow up, we're still trying to fit in. I look at entrepreneurs on a daily basis that they lose their identity because they think their business is their identity. And we want to build a, a big enough business so we can actually fit in, fit in with a successful crowd fit in for, with the people who we think that made it. But the reality is what I've learned is that as long as we're comfortable with who we are and we own who we are, like we, we're not here to fit in. We're here to stand out. We're here to create, uh, to create a difference. And I think that's what, uh, what life taught me at an early age, that uh, 
that God wasn't going to let me fit in. <laughs> like God was not going to let me try just to be a regular kid. He was always pushing me. Uh, and I look back at my early eight uh, times, you know, I, I was bullied. You know, obviously I was, I, I was an immigrant. I was bullied. I got my ass kicked in high school. Uh, I had to join a gang for protection. But even then, you know, even then by joining a gang for protection, there were blessings. <laughs> I remember one, one time that we had to go to a meeting. Here's a, I'm a big thug, right? I'm a big gang member with all my friends. But I don't have money to pay for the, for, for the meetings from the dues in the weekly basis because we had to pay the, our dues as, meeting, uh, as gang members and they would buy guns and drugs and whatever it is that the, the, the big guys would buy, right? So I had to ask my mother for 20 bucks. <laughs> to let me borrow 20 bucks so I could pay my gang member dues. That's, that's what I knew. Like, okay, what, what, what am I doing here? What the fuck am I doing here? My, <laughs> I, I, I obviously, you know, I, I came out of that life uh, alive, you know, and, and I think that's where we have to start looking at our, our story. Like, you know, like we said before, before the podcast, like even if we make mistakes, God is always using those mistakes to help us push through his purpose. Yeah. As I look back, I wouldn't be able to relate to some of the guys that I that I talked to if I didn't go through those challenges, go through that adversity of being an immigrant or being bullied or being getting my ass kicked. I think that prepared me for entrepreneurship. That prepared yeah. me for rejection. That prepared me to to build a tough skin. That prepared me to do what I do. Okay, so there are guys that want to be Raul. And so they're trying to be you and they're going through your experience and they're trying to get the edge and they're trying to be you, but it's not sustainable. What yeah. do you think is going yeah. on in their experience and their thinking and what do they need to be doing instead to own their true identity? You know, one of the, that's, a, that's a good question because one of the key things that I constantly tell my clients is I'm not looking, I don't want you to be me. I'm not going to teach you how to be Raul. I'm help you discover your code. Because I believe every single one of us, we have our own code, we have our own behavior, we have our own values, right? So I don't want you to believe in what I believe in. I just want you to believe in something. I just want you to start believing in you. I just want you to start believing that you have a purpose. So when we start really tapping into like, why am I here, right? Outside your business, outside you being a husband, outside being a father, like who are you as a man? If we start just building that foundation, of why am I here? Who am I? Then you start building what I call the kingdom from the inside. And your code, your code to the edge is personal to you. It's really something that you, you are discovering in a daily basis. Like right now, I just finished a book called The King's Code. And I, and I wrote a book explaining how I found my code and, and how, can, how I'm helping men find their code. Because I believe that there is not a cookie-cut approach to personal development. This is, our, this is growth. This is our, this is our journey. And I believe every single man is going to go through a journey the illusion that we have is that your journey and my journey are the same. Uh, therefore, I have to be man enough to go through my journey alone. So I'm not going to ask for help from you. Because if I ask you for help, then that means I'm weak. If I ask for directions, that means I'm weak. And that's the pattern I'm trying to break. Like there's, That's not a weakness. If you're lost, if you're depressed, if you have anxiety, raise your fucking hand. Raise your hand. There's tons of help. In society, they, they make that seem like his weakness. That's what you see right now coming mm. to light. A lot of these men who have done a lot of crazy shit in the darkness, because that's what we do. We suppress the darkness. Therefore, we act out in the darkness. And then we have a double life. In one side with this good church going, leaders of the community, you know, loving a family. 
But when nobody's looking, there's a dark side of us that is doing all kinds of crazy shit. So I'm trying to integrate that and using that darkness to fuel your purpose. And, and I think that that's where we have to really acknowledge that we are all imperfect creatures. There's nobody that's perfect. Like Jesus was perfect and he was crucified, right? So that's the same thing that's going to happen to us. Yeah. But if we just integrate the good, the bad, the ugly, and just being, start being comfortable, making mistakes, start being comfortable being who we are, then we could start building our one brick at a time. Who am I becoming? And that's the main question. Who am I becoming by feeding this decision? Who am I becoming by feeding this thought? Who am I becoming by continuing to have this habit? If I don't like who I'm becoming, then I have to change this habit. I have to change this way of thinking. But in order for me to change the way of thinking, I have to go back to the source and say, where did it start? Where is that thought started? Who told me that I was supposed to be an immigrant working for somebody or I didn't belong here? Because I could track that identity crisis, Jared, to the moment that that belief was seated in my mind that I had to fit in. And the moment that I was able to track down that moment that somebody told me, and it was a it was a man in my family when I was coming to this country, said, Raul, you have to learn how to speak English and you have to fit in because people don't want you here. And then as a as a as a little kid, you know, that was like a weight in my face in my in my in my face and in my body that I had to be somebody else because Raul wasn't good enough because I was coming from a different country. But you know, and, and he, he was he had a good meaning. He he didn't want to destroy me. He just wanted to help me. He wanted to toughen me up. But then sometimes those words ring in your head and you don't know where that origin story came from. So I'm, I love taking men in journeys where they could find their origin story so they could break that pattern of, of self-destruction and actually create a better meaning to that, that, that story. So what I did with that is I actually realized that it was a gift it was a gift because I'm different. I'm not the same. My accent is different. My mm-hmm. personality is different. Mm-hmm. The way I approach is different. Sometimes I curse and I talk about God is, you know, it's not a gimmick. It's just, that's who I am. You know, when people ask me, well, what, you know, how come you love to curse? And I always go back to the story of my, my dad gave me a, a bunch of tapes when I was growing up, when I was learning English and says, here, here's how you learn English. And every single night, I would listen to those tapes, and I would listen to that music, and I will, I will program my mind. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who who was in in that in those tapes until later on. I realized that it was Ice T, Ice Cube, N.W.A. <laughs> all those gangster rappers <laughs> were teaching me how to speak English. I was oh being hypnotized every single night. So, like for me, those words are just just words, and they just come through me, and and I just love to uh, love to say them. So. <laughs> that, that's what makes that that's what makes me comfortable, I guess, with who I am. <laughs> I am I am so thankful, so thankful for society that you stopped trying to fit in because we need you, we need your energy, and that would never have happened had you continued to stop. Now, I do I do hate I do hate the process you went through to realize that trying to fit in was screwing everything up, and the process you had to go through to find that starting point so that we could start over. Um, would you share a little bit about that journey that started with the pain in your gut, all the stuff you did to avoid the pain in your gut, all the stuff you did to find out how to get the pain in the gut to go away? Would you talk so, about so that a little bit? Here's what I, could see, I, I see, and I look back in my life, and every time there was massive growth, 
Every time. So right now, as I'm speaking to you, the past two weeks, I have a massive growth, man, massive growth. Every time that there is a pain, and it's not just pain, it's like, oh, you know what, it's, it's a little bit of pain. No, it has to be massive pain in your life because I believe pain is the gateway to expansion. And I think that we, as humans, we are so accustomed to think that there shouldn't be any pain, that I shouldn't have pain, I shouldn't feel this way, and we sedate, we manage, and we avoid the pain. So like looking back at my gang member years, right? Uh, if I was going through that journey, I probably would end up in jail. But my father was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy and I had to go to the hospital with him and the doctor had to tell me that he was going to die young and he was going to lose his muscles and I also had to take care of him. That was pain, massive emotional pain as a teenager to get me to shift. That's what started my journey as an entrepreneur. That's what started my journey saying, fuck, bro, you have to grow up, you have to be a man, you have to be a leader. So that was my the beginning of the journey. Then after that, as I, I, I started a business and I was successful and then I had a lot of money but then the market crash, that was another pain point. Another pain point. I said, okay, is this going to be the end or is it going to be the beginning? And I remember talking to my wife saying, I can't pay for the mortgage. You know, we're broke. I was ready to get divorced. But she, in her ultimate wisdom, said, I know who you are. It's not going to be forever. Like, you're going to figure this out. And within six months, I figured out how to be profitable again. And we came back. We, we got back on track. But then, yeah. again, more pain, more pain. The, the uncertainty, the insecurity. Now, do I think I could do what I did before? And uh, who am I? They, they doing it just for the money or am I doing it for the love? So then all those questions got me to start thinking, really, who am I at my core? And that's when I started drinking heavily. I had a physical pain in my body. I thought I was going to die. I thought I had cancer. Everybody said I was, I was fine. And, and that's the moment that I, I went into what we call the tunnel. Every man is going to go through a tunnel. Every man, every man is going to go through uh, a time in his life where he feels depression or not good enough. And see, again, now the society, we look at that, well, he's sick. Or, or let me give you some pills. You know, what, what, let me give you something to sedate the pain. And, and I think that we need to start feeling the pain. Like mm -hmm. that's what makes us stronger, feeling the pain. So that's when I went to this journey to find out really how can I heal myself not having to sedate the pain, manage the pain, or avoid the pain. And that's what I went through the journey of self-discovery to really find out, like, how do I, what, why do I think the way I think? How can I reprogram my subconscious mind? If, if, if I don't like where I'm going, how can I change it? And that's when the journey started. And it, it took years, and it took a lot of, a, a, a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of uh, different modalities in order yes. for me to really figure out that, um, you know, as, as, a, as a man, we we have to create emotional fitness and emotional intelligence. And the moment that we start really connecting both emotional intelligence and emotional fitness, then we have a, a better chance of pushing through pain because huh. suffering is optional. Pain is necessary to grow. And the past yeah. couple of weeks, as, as we got the coronavirus um, pandemic here and, and I got sick, my wife got sick and my wife's still sick, mm. really every single morning, I've been, that was my worst nightmare. For the past decade, I've been projecting in my mind what my biggest nightmare was, and it was me getting sick, my family being sick, or me feeling mm. helpless. Mm. And look, that happened, but I still show up. I still was able to manage. I didn't get depressed. I didn't like like sabotage things. Why? Because now I'm, I, I imagine that was the worst scenario. Now it's happening. Now I'm prepared for it. 
now I have enough tools to actually push through and be there for my wife because my wife is getting better, but I'm also there for her. Because if I get depressed, she gets depressed, then we all fucked. <laughs> then the kids get sick and everybody gets sick. And that's what happens. Usually, like when somebody loses a job, then, you know, then everybody else in the family starts lowering the vibration. And that's the key here. Uh, my, my intention is to constantly raise my vibration, to break through what I humanly do right now. I know that the Raul is version of myself for tomorrow is better than today. And that's my job, just to go to the next level. That's the reason I create the next level, because there's always a next level. If you're not struggling for the next level, you're going to go backwards. Yeah. When you went on that journey, and I know that you traveled far, and you went deep, and you tried a lot of, and you faced your demons. When you were on that journey, something started to turn the tide for you, and your mind started to see glimmers of, oh, I hadn't noticed this before. What would you say turned the tide for you? And, and what would you advise? another man to do like what's the one thing that would make the biggest difference if he's going on that journey i understand that nothing that has happened in your life didn't happen by purpose just acknowledging the fact that whatever pain you're going through whatever challenge you're going through whatever situation it, it is not that you're broken it's not that you god is punishing you it's not that you're unlucky is that it is feedback you have to start taking life as feedback. Everything is feedback. So what you do with that feedback is up to you. Hmm. So what I choose to do with the feedback is ask deeper question. Instead of saying, why is this happening to me? I ask the question, why is this the best thing that could happen to me now? Hmm. Why, what, what's, what, is the, what do I need to pay attention to that I couldn't see before? Like again, the health situation that we're going through, like it happened right now because I need to pay more attention to my health. I need to be more conscious about my body. It's the best time because I'm in my, at the big, I'm 43 years old and I want to keep this energy, keep this momentum going until I'm 100. But if unless my body is at a top shape, I can't do it. So every time something happens, the first thing is own it. It's nobody's fault. It's not God. It's not your wife. It's not your business. The economy is is you. Okay, you. You are the one who's calling this energy into you, whether it's business, whether it's marriage, whether it's this purpose. You are calling that energy into yourself. You're manifesting that, okay? So you take full ownership. Then instead of finding the, trying to focus on the curse, find the gift. Why is it right now the best thing that happened to me? Why right now? Like What, what, what am I see, can I see now that I wasn't seeing before? I recently, I helped a client out. He was going, he's going through a hard divorce. I mean, the guy's almost a billionaire. I mean, he's a couple hundred... $100 million short, probably a billionaire. He probably would have hit billionaire status next year, but but this time with the current economy because he's in real estate and he, he just loves to double down in real estate. He's going through a divorce. And I get the call saying, Raul, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just going to kill myself. Like I'm done. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm thinking in my mind, it's like, how is it possible this man, successful businessman, has a beautiful family, just because his wife says, I don't love you anymore, the world ends, right? And then I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, again, with, with the work that I've done, putting myself in his shoes, but it's hard sometimes because I see my kids and my wife, and I said, how can you not fight for these kids, right? And then after he told me that the next day, my wife got sick. Mm. And then I realized, mm. fuck, like he's getting divorced from his wife. And look, if my wife got gotten sick, so now I see the connection. Like, like if my wife dies, I'll like, be the same way that he's in. I'll probably fuck. Like, like that's a, it's a deep pain. So I was able to use my pain and I, 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 I will use my pain to relate to his pain. And together we were able to heal 
because we saw that it's not about the situation. Is why is it that now is the best thing that could happen? Is because it's going to make us stronger. Absolutely. That's, that's a great when word. I spoke to him, I said, Raul, he goes, Raul, like, like now I see the gift. Now I see the gift. Like I'm, I'm seeing the gift. My wife gave me beautiful kids. Now I see why I need to, 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 to live for. Now I see that I was just living. I was being selfish. I was living just for her and, my, and the love that she gave me. Now I have to live for myself. You know, and, and I think a lot of us, what we do is we think we're we're doing the right thing, but we're working on others. We want our family to validate who we are. We want our business to validate who we are, and we forget about who we are on the inside. So therefore, when we have a divorce, we get crumbled. When we lose our business, mm-hmm. we get crumbled. When somebody says something, we're crumbled because we never had really that certainty and that, that foundation within ourselves. We were always looking at the outside to validate who we are on the inside. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Life is only happening to you because you haven't taken responsibility. You haven't owned your actions. Once you own your actions, life is now happening for you. It's a gift. It's feedback. Where is the nugget for you? That's a beautiful word. Beautiful and you, word. And you don't have to. You don't have to like it. And you don't have to like it. You know, at, at some point, you know, I've had arguments with God and I've been fighting with God. And this past couple of weeks, I've been on my knees and it has humbled me. But, you know, one thing that I've learned is that you don't have to like growth. It's okay for you to be uncomfortable. You're stronger than what you think. Mm-hmm. You are, are here for a purpose and your job is not to give up. Your job is to continue to push through. And that's that's the, that's the core belief is like, okay, when I'm weak, when I don't have the solutions, I just have to humble myself and realize that this version of Raul can can figure this out, but tomorrow it'll be another day. Maybe tomorrow I'll grow and, and expand to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so let's say somebody, they want to come to your program. They want to go to the next level experience. They want to uncover the edge. I know that that is a, a question about that, though. I know one of the things you say is the edge is something you have or you don't. Um, do you view the work you do in uncovering what's already there, or do you do? Are you planting a seed that wasn't there before? How do you view that? So, I the reason that my my work uh, is, I mean, the past five years, I, I have not have one guy that's ever come to my program saying it was a waste of time. Or even a guy that would say like, ah, it's okay. Uh, especially my bootcamp experiences. A hundred percent of the guys has been, they say that this has been the most breakthrough experience that they ever had in their lives. The reason why is because we work on the previous edge that you had, meaning you had to have some kind of drive, right? The edge is different from everybody. Like uh, when some people say the edge was like the motivation that I had in my 20s or the motivation that I had in my 30s or, you know, when I was focused, okay? But if you never had that, it's really hard for me to get you to have the edge. It's almost impossible because you never had this. I have to have brain surgery in order for you to have that drive. But if you even had a little bit of that drive at one point, you were competitive, you felt that fire inside of you that you were destined for more, we could work with that and then from there help you discover your code so you could build on that. And the, and the reason it works is because we're very hands-on and it's very custom. And we do a lot of breakthrough experiences and we take these guys deep. And personal development is it's, it's great, but we go beyond personal development. 
we do a lot of energetic work. We do a lot of subconscious work, and we do more experiential. Work. It's like difference between our events and you know many things out there is that is like reading a book or watching a webinar about swimming. I'm gonna throw you in the fucking ocean, and we're gonna learn to swim. <laughs> that's that's a difference, and I want to do whatever it takes for you to come out of the ocean alive, so you could see that you you got what it takes. And. In that course, I mean, it's, it's amazing work that you do. Very high quality, very high caliber group of men. I mean, it is worth whatever it takes to get in that room with that group of men um, and be a part of that brotherhood. But along the way, there are some guys out there that just simply don't have access to that level of investment, those kind of funds. What is a, a principle or an exercise or a challenge that you would give them so that they could take the next step to get closer to being able to access your brotherhood? So I, I believe that money is not, money is an exchange of value, okay? And a, and a lot of us, what we do is we put money as an excuse or time as an excuse why not to do certain things. And I always said to people, you know, I'm I'm always looking, You just because you can afford to pay for the program doesn't mean that you're going to work with us. I'm not looking for guys who, this is not a, a millionaire club. This is more driven from men who have purpose, want to have purpose, who are driven by a higher calling of being a leader. So if you are a leader and if you feel called to be a leader, the fastest way to grow is to get around people who feel the same way. The fastest way to lose your edge is to feel around people that think that you shouldn't or they put you down mm. or they make fun of your ideas, make fun of your vision. And, as, you know, and, and you are the odd guy out there because you always want more. And I've been in those circles where I had to shut the fuck up because I was afraid to speak up because I didn't want to be judged. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be too much. So therefore, I had to play myself down. And, and if you continue to play yourself down, eventually you are going to become that. So if you have just that fire inside of you, get around other people that, that, will, that will give you a little bit more of that fire, that will, that will give you more gasoline. As you continue mm -hmm. to increase your capacity, you will attract those people. So I believe that proximity is power. But at the same time, we think that we have to have millions of proximity to those people. No, like get out there and start being part of a community. If you're not part of a community, build a community. Social media is a community. Mm -hmm. Start building your tribe. Start yeah. communicating with people. Start connecting. Start joining groups. And don't settle. That's the main thing. Don't settle. Don't think that you're crazy. Don't think that you're weird. Like there's a bunch of weird motherfuckers out there. I, I tell my clients every single time, like, Dude, you one crazy motherfucker. Imagine you pay so much money out of yeah. a Facebook ad. You click in there and you meet me. And then when you show up, like there's no guarantees that I'm going to be real. There's no guarantees that I was going to show up. So especially at the beginning of my journey, Jared, I had a, a Facebook ad and I didn't have the structure of the program, right? So my Facebook ad was like, have you lost the edge? Are you losing your edge? And all that stuff, right? Guys will apply. I'll get on a call with them. It was me. I didn't have a team. Because again, my real estate company was running. I didn't want to take anybody from a real estate company. I want to do this on my own. I will call the guy. I'll be like, you apply for the program. What are you looking for? And I'll spend an hour on the phone with him. He'll give me a credit card to come to one of my events. And I'll tell him, I'll call you when we have the dates because we don't have the dates yet. I'll call you when we have the dates. And it may be two weeks. It may be two months until I call the guy with dates because I was gathering the people to have enough people to actually have the event, right? Right, right, right. yeah. A lot of times I was like, hey, I thought you were a scam because I never heard from you. He said, no, we got the, the boot camp now. We got the event. Okay, great, I'm there. 
And they will travel from different parts of the country to come to Connecticut to, to a stranger's place and be part of this breakthrough. And some of the, the funny things, some of those guys are jokingly saying, like, I told my wife, no matter what happens, don't pay the ransom because I'm going to an unknown place <laughs> to meet a Spanish guy that I've met in social media that has my credit card. Just whatever happens, don't pay the ransom. <laughs> and then I, and then when they come here, they get blindfolded. So like, it's a, it's a whole, a whole experience. Yeah. When you um, went through that sales process, did you take a deposit on the phone or were you just taking the information for the event? Uh, no, they paid, they paid for the event before, up front. Everybody pays for the event up front. Wow. They were paying yeah. not knowing when the event was going to be held. That's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. That, that's, and that's when you know that what, what we were doing is very is guided. Because I, I'm, I have some guys who have been with me from the beginning. So Raul, there is no, like now you know who Raul is. Now you can Google me and research. Now mm -hmm. there's enough yeah. social proof to know that this is not a scam. I'm not going to, I'm not here. You know, I'm, I'm not a drive-by-night type of guy. Uh, but before it wasn't. So the first batch of guys, it was truly guided. It was truly, I believe, like God put in these guys that I that needed to work with me, that needed to build mm -hmm. a foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's different. Now, now you know. Now we give you enough content. Now this YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and everything. Now you know. Okay, this guy's real. I'm not getting scammed. Like this is yeah. some legitimate uh, organization. Oh, yeah. But at the yeah. beginning, you know, everybody has to start at the beginning. And I think that you know, we 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 gotta we gotta start somewhere. We gotta start somewhere. And not, you know, at the beginning, it was we were going for, going from the out of the gate, guns blazing. Like we were not like we were putting five day events and kicking men's ass for five days. Uh, they, oh, wow. they had no idea what they were signing up for. Man, that that's exactly where I wanted to end. Um, it's serendipitous, so beautiful that you close with that story. Um, I wanted to ask you to solve this equation. Many people, they say, well, golly, you know, I would be like Raul if I only had. Um, yes, I would, I would have more Facebook ads or I would have more marketing, but I don't have money. Um, yes, I would sell my company, but I don't know how to. Like there's always this business of if I just had this, then I could do that. But the truth is, and you know, the, the thing they think they need isn't what they need. What they really need is so how would you finish that sentence? Most people say that they need this. What they really need is? To believe in themselves. Ah. That's all they need, to believe in themselves. Because if you believe, and here's one thing, and, 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 and I go back when I did my videos on the first video funnel and the first sales calls, I was talking to the Raul who was in the tunnel, who was in pain, who was sedating, who was lost. Mm -hmm. And my mission every time I get in the phone with a guy is to talk to that guy and connect with that version of himself. And that's the reason that we felt so connected because we can't make this up. If you don't believe that what you have to share will impact people, you're going to be selling, you're going to be pushing. But if, if you believe with every single cell in your body that what you have to offer will actually help people become better, there is no selling. There is no, there's just deep conviction mm -hmm. and certainty that this is where they need to be. And yeah. that's what got me to, to, to the first year to make over a million dollars as a coach with nobody ever heard of me uh, because I had that belief. Now, the year before, I didn't have to believe in myself and I lost, I was in the hall for like half a million dollars because I didn't have the belief. And I had all the bells and whistles. I had the event, I had the team, I had everything. So 
I, I, I've been through that where I thought I needed something, but what I truly needed is to believe in myself, believe in my product, and believe that people need it. You have those three beliefs, you're going to figure shit out. Wow. Um, I, ah, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, do you have a minute to talk a little bit about that journey? You started with the pain in your stomach, drinking, meditation, deep dive self-discovery, going into the event to train other people on this. But even though you had all that evidence and proof that it worked, there was still the next dip. Yes. Had to come out yes. Of even, even though I knew I had, like, even though I knew that what I did was valuable, I didn't believe that people actually pay for Raul. I thought I needed to be, again, somebody else, going back to the Raul from the Bronx, right? I thought I had to be somebody else in order for me mm -hmm. to have value. So that's why my first couple of events were in Vegas with big shows, bunch of speakers, like uh, big dinners. And, and I used to call it the Raul Pace for You Experience event <laughs> because I, I would charge people less than what it cost me. And then at the end, I'll be in the hole, you know, for, for, for the hotel or for the experiences. <laughs> So like my business genius didn't work when it comes to personal, when it comes to a purpose business in real estate, I knew how to add and subtract, but in, in a purpose business, Oh yeah, don't worry. I'm changing people's lives. I'm making a difference. I'm going to be wealthy in God's eyes. No motherfucker. You're losing money. There's not a good business model. What, what so turned I, that tide for you? What, what ignited that fire of total conviction? Uh, I was blessed with, with people in my life that, uh, that called me out of my shit. Um, so I had mm -hmm. the first the first event. It was a complete explore, you know, exploration. I kind of like felt, uh, you know, kind of got the the uh, got out of my system to do the first one. But even the first one, I had to break through and do my own thing. So the second event, we did it in Vegas again, and I had about twenty speakers. And I remember one of my friends pulled me over. He was a speaker too. His role: if you don't go out there and share your story and share what you have to offer, there won't be no next level experience. Mm. So then I, it forced me to go out there. And the third event, it was just me for three days in stage. And I was, I was the most I was ever, ever been scared in my life mm. to be there and kind of like, like believe that I had a, that I had a, a powerful message. And, uh, and here's a funny thing. We did it in New York because I thought it was going to be cheaper. It ended up being even more expensive. And, uh, and then I had an offer, right? Uh, after three days, I had an offer of, who wants to work with Raul, right? And then uh, there was about 120 people in the room. And, uh, and I said, he wants to work with Raul. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to a next level. You know, it's, it's not going to be cheap. I think I was, uh, at that point, I was charging $100,000. So I had the balls to charge $100,000. So listen, I didn't coach anybody before. This was my first coaching experience. And I didn't have the fucking balls to say, who wants to coach <laughs> Raul for $100,000, right? So, so needless to say, only one person raised their hand out of 120 people in the room. I said, great, perfect. So now we're going to the after party. The after party was a yacht that I had rented at the Hudson River. So everybody had buses. We put every 120 people into the yacht. And then we, we, we went in there. This had a band, had music, had an open bar. And I didn't know why people were avoiding me in, my, in, in, the, in, the, in the boat. Uh, I will go to the bar and everybody will go to the other side. The only guy who was talking to me was the guy who raised his hand and he was making $40,000 a year and he committed to pay me $100,000. So like, so now 
I'm like, okay, so now what I'm going to do? I'm going to deliver. I said, are you sure? You commit? I said, yes. So I took him from 40,000 and the first year he did over 150 and the third year he did 500. Now he has a company that's won over a million dollars in business. He's still my client now, but out of that one guy is when I developed the Edge program. So I didn't have the Edge concept yet. Again, we all have to start somewhere. I was already in the hole for hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I just needed one person to believe in me so I could really, truly give them some of the stuff that I knew and then test to see if it worked. And mm-hmm. out of that one guy, one case study, hundreds of guys have come after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Thank you for sharing your energy. A beautiful, beautiful family, beautiful work. We need more of that in this country. Where can we up. send people to stay plugged in with that daily dose of Raul? Well, listen, I have a... Um, a text platform right now that if they will send me a text message, they will I will put them on my text platform so they could get a daily edge every single day. The number to that text platform is 203-405-9199. That's 203-405-9199. Text me, say hello, uh, ask me a quick questions. I get it right to my phone. It's my own direct private text platform. And that's what I'm building. I'm building my text platform to give more value to my guys, to the people who follow me. We have a podcast, a Daily Edge podcast. We have the God, Money, and Sex podcast that I do with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to thenextlevelexperience.com. That's that's where the, the main funnel is. I mean, we're everywhere. We're going to get a hold of me. There's If you're truly committed, we'll work together. We're going to do <laughs> There's it. There's no excuses. Absolutely. Before we started this uh, podcast, we had talked a little bit about the way your your brain thinks, the way your mind solves problems. Uh, do you have any insights there to share what you noticed about yourself from the mind scan? And the reason I'm asking is because we want to know what our listeners can do to start to think like you. What did you realize about yourself and how can they start to think like you? Well, one of the things that I learned about your, your process is brings you, again, awareness, right? Sometimes we don't think that um, that we could change our mind. And I, I'm a true believer. That's what I asked you the question. Can somebody, if somebody takes a test every six months or a year, can you see the difference? And I truly believe that we could program our minds on a daily basis. It just takes some time. So we have to reprogram. You have to intentionally reprogram our minds to focus because everything is energy, right? So what I, what I learned was really that the reflection of the work that I do of just not buying into the bullshit stories of people. Mm. I'm very direct, I'm very intentional, but that's also the gift and the curse. The gift is I get shit done, my clients get results, I get results in my life. But also the curse is that a lot of people who are not at the same vibration, they may think that you're too overpowering. Mm. And if you want to leverage who you are, you have to know how to adapt to every single situation. You have to know, again, I I talk about this all the time, adapt, adjust, and execute. And it's not just in business. Now you have to start looking at the mindset. How can I adapt my mind? How can I adjust my behavior? And how can I execute to get the best out of people? Because if I get the best out of people, then I'll be the best that I could be myself. Mm. Thank you for being like a role model. This whole uh, podcast, as you've shared where you were at and what you were willing to do to face your weakness, your darkness, your demons, go to the next level. And even here you are already still 
willing to face and challenge, okay, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like growing that area, but if I want to go to the next level, I'm willing to take that on. Let's mm -hmm. do it. Thank you for being a role model. Um, Thank you, really so appreciate that. Can follow appreciate your that. First steps. Yeah, man, it's, it's never ends, man. It's always the next level. There's always the next level. God is always going to continue to expand us. And I have this core belief that, that God and the universe are shaping us every single day to become the leaders that we're meant to be. Mm. Well, this is uh, your show. You've got the last word. Before we send people off, what do you want them to hear? Well, just start believing in yourself. Right now, believe, increase your faith over fear. Right now, we're in uncertain times. Right now, the, the pandemic has, has brought a lot of fear into people's lives. And listen, you're talking to a guy who was sick just, just too long ago with, with COVID-19. My wife and I was still recuperating. So I know that, that uh, this shit is real, but this is not going to be the end of us. As a humanity, we will rise through this. We'll become better. We'll become stronger. And God will always use a gift for, for, from this. We will find the gift. We'll find the blessing. And that's what I want every single one of you to understand, that the best is yet to come. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the thinking patterns of success or maybe even see what kind of opportunities for growth are hidden in your own mindset, visit mindsetperformance.co.